Hey Don, I need to learn German easily, effectively, and conveniently. Do you know anywhere? I totally do. Just check out simplydeutsch.ch to get the classes you need when and where you need them in the Basel region. Contact simplydeutsch.ch for a free trial lesson today. Was that simplydeutsch.ch? simplydeutsch.ch. Cheers, Don. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Swiss Pats. Uh, we are traveling. We're on the road this week in Zurich. We're on the road again. <laughs> Lovely. We are in Zurich, and uh, coming up, we have an interview with Stacy Strolli. Yep. Did I, I? I am terrible with names. You are terrible with That's names. Stacy, I apologize. Anyway, she is coming up. She is the Maven behind SwissEats.ch. Maven. Maven, yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that was even the right usage. Me either. I don't know. It's a new one for me. Yeah, I'm off to a great start today, aren't I? Anyway. Uh, yeah, she's coming on, so we're really excited. <laughs> uh, it was a great interview. Um, she does SwissEats.ch. She teaches Tex-Mex. Susie learns what Tex-Mex is. I, yes, I did not know. And we talk food, which is our favorite topic. Yes, but before we talk food, uh, we would like to welcome everybody. As always, you can find us at SwissPats.com, on Instagram at SwissPats, on Facebook, SwissPats.com, or Facebook.com slash SwissPats, and uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. And Twitter. And Twitter at SwissPatsPod. I always forget Twitter. Wake up, Don. I'm terrible with it's that. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. I need some coffee. Um, but I'm excited to be in Zurich. Uh, I feel like... As Basel residents, we should like be saying nasty things about Zurich because no, the but No, I am excited about exploring Switzerland and 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 getting to know the life of of other expats in in other parts of Switzerland. Oh no, it's great. I mean, Basel's great, but uh, yeah, I'm liking Zurich. Yeah, me too. Um, and if you know you're listening to this and you're in Zurich and you are an expat or uh, doing some cool things, let us know. Hit us up on those things that I mentioned previously. Just Paul, goes mentioned poorly, but very poorly. You yes. did mention them, but yeah, I'm excited to. Uh, I know there's uh, for me. I'm excited because is it Bonhoeffstrasse that's like all the shopping? Yeah, I mean, I assume you're going to Tiffany uh, for your wife, right? Tiffany and Co. Yes, yes. I'm pretty sure that's wife. here in yes. Zurich. Okay. Yeah, I have to check that out. Yeah, get some, uh, I don't know, some Dolce and Gabbana flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure what. I don't shop at uh, these places. That's not your style. No, Brocky is my style. Yeah, thrift shop, as you you might call it. There is, I think, a, a Lululemon here that I'm excited to pop in. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, that's no, no, not for me. Have you ever worn any of their stuff? No. So comfortable. I've seen the prices on them. I'm, I'll be right. Oh, it's so comfy. I'll leave the Lululemon to you. You can okay. have your your tight yoga pants, and and I'm gonna go <laughs> shopping at at uh, at the Brockies. That's uh, fair enough. So, uh, with the image of me in tight yoga pants, oh, is God. a lovely, lovely segue. We just um, lost all of our listeners. Maybe fifty percent. Yeah. Yeah, a little something for the ladies. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you're just you're just all you, you're in a funk. I am. Yep. You're in a funk. I'm in a I'm in a I need to eat real food funk. You need to gipfully. 
Yeah, I need to eat uh, enchiladas. Oh, God. All right, so we're going to get to the interview. When she's describing enchiladas, the mouth is going to water. So let's bring on Stacy. All right, and joining us now is Stacy Stroyley, a food blogger and cook of SwissEats.ch. Did I say that properly? Yes, you did. Very ah, well. <laughs> nailed it. Thank God for my notes. Stacy. thanks for joining us. Um, we are we're here in uh, in Zurich, um, and we're going to talk food, which I think is kind of our favorite it's, topic. Yeah, it's kind of our favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> so we're very excited for everybody you. loves to talk food. <laughs> very excited to have Stacy on. So, um, I guess before we get into the food part, uh, which I want to do very soon, tell us about um, how what got you here to Switzerland. Sure. Well, um, I. Actually, my husband is a Swiss-American. He has a Swiss dad and a German mom, and he grew up in the States. And we met, and we dated and got married, and we were living in Los Angeles. And both of us, I think, were a little bit fatigued with the political situation in the United States at the time. It's worse now than it was then. (laughs) um, We were just looking for something different, and he had a Swiss passport, and we were married. And we thought, you know what, let's go try live in Europe for a little while. That would be a good opportunity. We sold our cars, we sold all of our furniture, and we moved to Switzerland. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And this was, what year was this? This was in 2005. Okay. All right. Um, have you, were you, did you come visit Switzerland before you made the move? I, did, were you somewhat familiar with what I you're getting vi- yourself into? I had into? visited Switzerland only one time and like five years previously. So it was a big leap of faith. But, you know, we were young. We didn't have kids. We just thought, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? We'll turn around and come back. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to give it two years. That was our, you know, minimum. And, um, sorry. And my husband was able to pretty quickly find work, which was great. Um, He works, we were both in the film industry in Los Angeles, and he works for Swiss Television, the SRF, the big TV station. So he was able to use his knowledge from Los Angeles and transfer to Switzerland. He speaks Swiss German. Um, growing up, he spoke it fluently at home. So that was a pretty easy transition for us. For me, with the language, it was a, more <laughs> of a difficult transition. But um, it was really, you know, we just really loved the lifestyle here. And so we decided that we really wanted to stay. So you've been here for a long time now. How is your Swiss German now? Um, (laughs) Top notch. No, you know, it's okay. It's difficult living in an area like Zurich where so many people speak English and even Swiss people are so keen to speak English with you (laughs) and practice their English that sometimes you have to say, stop, talk to me in German. You know, like I really want to practice my German. But, you know, my kids are in school and so I try to get by. I talk with the kids in Swiss German and stuff. I feel a little less embarrassed to speak with children. But, um, yeah, I get by. I get by, yeah. Better than us, then. <laughs> We're still on level zero. <laughs> level zero. I'm yeah. still trying to learn high German, so. <laughs> the Swiss Germans, I don't think that's ever going to happen. So, uh, the film industry, um, you were also working in the film industry? That's right. I have a degree in film production, and I was working in L.A. for a couple of different film studios for about six years, and you know, it's a really difficult lifestyle, 12, 14 hour days and very low pay. <laughs> and uh, it seems a lot more glamorous from the outside than it is from the inside. But I really did enjoy it, especially in my 20s. You know, I got to go to film premieres and things like that. And it was really a wonderful experience. But then when it came time to settle down and start a family, I thought, mm, 
this maybe isn't the city for it. A little too Kardashian <laughs> there in, in Los Angeles. And I thought, this isn't what I want for my kids. I, I rode bikes growing up. I played in the forest. I just didn't, it wasn't the lifestyle I wanted for my kids. So I wanted to make a change. But it was great in the 20s. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this question before we make the transition from, from film to food. Mm-hmm. When people ask you where you're originally from, what do you what do you say? Well, I was raised in Texas yeah. until I was a teenager, and then I went off to boarding school in New York, and then I went to college in Boston, and then I went to L.A., and now I'm in Switzerland. But I'm a Texan. Yeah. I knew it. I'm I a Texan. Once a Texan, born in Texas, you're a Texan. I was telling Susie, you meet when you when you meet somebody from Texas outside that they first and foremost, I'm from Texas. Yeah, Texan first, American second. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So then, okay, how do we get from you working those 14-hour days in the film industry to being this food blogger, this cook, this this having an Instagram page that I salivate over daily? <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind of you. I grew up in a very food-loving family. Um, I come from a big Jewish family, Texan family, and between the the Jewish celebrations and the Southern food, we like to eat. And so my mother actually was a caterer. She was um, a professionally trained chef, and she catered a lot of private events, weddings, and things like that growing up, as well as running like a small cooking school out of our home. And so I just grew up always in the kitchen. It just it was where people gathered. And when I got to Switzerland, I realized that eating out was very expensive. And if I wanted to have foods like you know, Mexican food or any kind of food that I just really enjoyed eating. I was going to have to learn to make it myself. And um, so I just started cooking and trial and error. And I just really loved to do it. And I thought, well, I'll start a website and share my recipes. And it's just gone from there. So Okay. So the um, how long have you been doing the website? So you got here in 05. How long has the, the SwissEats.ch been going? I think I started Swiss Eats is terrible I don't know exactly know but I think about three years ago I was on a Facebook group for local mothers and a lot of people were constantly like I don't know how to cook anything here I don't know what the food is called (laughs) what are these ingredients and I started sharing just on Facebook just sharing some recipes and people said you should write these down so I started the blog in order to do that so I uh, noticed uh, when reading about you something um, that you kind of focus on, or maybe not focus on, but you do a lot of Tex-Mex food. Now, I think I know what that is, but as an Australian, that's kind of foreign to me. So, like, is it something special that I should be getting into? Or Sure. I mean, Tex-Mex is just a variation of Mexican food that's unique to Texas because Texas borders Mexico, and a lot of the traditional Mexican food um, just evolved you know, it's usually, I think maybe in the 1800s, early 1900s, a lot of that evolved because in Texas, um, we eat a lot of beef and in Mexico, they don't. Right. Okay. And in Texas, um, we had, they, people would make flour tortillas because there wasn't as much corn available. There was a lot more uh, wheat flour available. So Texan, Texas Mexican, Tex-Mex became more beef focused, more flour tortilla focused and, um, less corn tortilla and less pork focused as in southern parts of Mexico so it's just a variation and if you have 
ever eaten enchiladas or fajitas or burritos, things like that are very Texas Mexican. Oh, see, so learn something new. There you, you go. You it has a history it. as well. Then it's you not just something someone came up with. It it's does. Like I mean, they had a lot of vaqueros, which are Mexican cowboys working the cow farms, the cattle farms in Texas. So they, along with the sort of white folks, developed their own version of Mexican food, sort of a mashup. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds delicious. So the the Mexican food is something. I'll tell you this. I, had, I I grew up in a Italian American household, so we just didn't do Mexican. Like I had my first taco when I was in my twenties, right? But I've since come to really love Mexican food and Tex-Mex, and you know. But I got here, and it's nothing, right? Like I can't. There's a couple places people say, "Oh, you should go try this," and you go, and you're like, "Eh, it's not so much." The the transition for you when you got here, finding your way. Uh, to the right ingredients, to the right kind of food that still tasted like what you remembered. I mean, is that is that just a constant? Is that still going on for you? It's still ongoing. I'm still searching out ingredients. And um, luckily in the last couple of years, we've had a couple of Mexican stores open up in Zurich as far as getting the ingredients <clears throat> and a few Mexican restaurants, but it again, it's a different kind of Mexican food than the California or the Texas Mexican mm-hmm. food. It's more of a Mexico Mexican food, which is delicious yeah. as well, but it's just not exactly the same. And, uh, you know, I make not just Tex-Mex, but I make a lot of other cuisines, Thai food and other things like that, which is much easier to find the ingredients in an Asian <laughs> shop. But um, And I do enjoy Swiss food quite a lot. I make a bit of that. It's not all on my website, but it's coming and um yeah it is it is a struggle sometimes to find ingredients or search things out but i think for anybody from any other culture it's the same whether you're australian or whether you're british or whether you're polish mm-hmm. you're constantly searching out those special ingredients, ingredients that you love yeah only yesterday i was looking for something um called cream of tartar which i have no idea what that is it's just the recipe i had said i needed it and I couldn't find it in the Migros, and then I Googled it, and it said, go to the pharmacy. Yes. And I very, like, sheepishly walked into the pharmacy, and I was like, I'm looking for this. And unfortunately, they didn't have any, but it felt weird going in to ask for it is a, a really, baking powder. <laughs> yeah, it is a really strange thing, um, these ingredients, which we just take for granted is just going to be in the shop, and then you have to go to some specialty place, like a pharmacy, to buy it. It is odd (laughs) i don't know why that cream of tartar is in a pharmacy but you know i guess i've just gotten a little bit used to it and go you know just the way it goes go to the co-op and go to the pharmacy for my ingredients why not (laughs) um so you have um you know when we were trying to set up this interview and there was some things of like there was like a food culture uh uh, food expo or something happening here in zurich yes um what has it been like since you got here in 05 to now um, with the food culture? Because you, you, what you do is something very similar to me, or not similar, but familiar to me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm used to somebody like, you know, putting things on Instagram and really like kind of digging into the, to the food culture, the foodie culture. Um, but I feel like that's not common here. It's really ramping up. That's my, that's been my experience. When I first got here, there was just you know, restaurants, but there was no really a lot of excitement around food or innovation around food or, you know, people doing, trying to do different different things or a lot of international foods available. It just wasn't, it just wasn't there. It wasn't there. But I think with the advent of Instagram 
and just the interest in things like food trucks and food festivals and international foods and um, taking new risks and chances. I think young people are really into food now, and I find it it's really exci- a really exciting time in, in Switzerland and in Zurich to be in the food arena because there's just so many festivals, there's so many um, like fairs re- revolving around slow food. The slow food movement is really taking off. A lot of uh, local markets, people are getting into buying food from markets. It's not just old people at the market. Yeah. You go, it's old people and young people. You know, It's an interesting group. I think that the middle-aged people are kind of where it's <laughs> you know, missing. But the young people are really into it. They love um, having the no waste food movement is really taking off. So buying things without packaging, buying things direct from the producer, buying milk and glass bottles. You know, it's it's a really it's a great movement around uh, organic food and really food innovation. And I think it's a really it's it's slowly starting. Mm-hmm. It's not as you know, it's not like in the U.S. or Australia, but it is moving in a very quick way in the right direction in the right direction <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it just seems like it, maybe it's those middle-aged people or the the older people it's just food is more just about sustenance right you just have like a sausage just to get you from you know through lunch or whatever it's not like much of an experience or there isn't much of a story behind some of the foods here it's just like let's have a schnitzel let's have a sausage let's just you know something to kind of just get you through well, I think it has a lot to do with um, the Swiss mentality. A lot of people, I would say over the age of 30, are maybe not so open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think young people really are. Mm-hmm. You know, they've grown up with, in, with, in, with the Internet. They've grown up with Instagram. They've grown up with Facebook. They've grown up with Snapchat or whatever young people do. I don't know. <laughs> we <laughs> don't um, know either. Something <laughs> yeah, there's probably something out there that we don't even know. Things I've never heard of. <laughs> But, you know, they they are open. They're so open to new ideas and new things that I think that maybe people in their 40s and 50s are a bit set in their ways. They, this is what they eat. This is the way they like things. And they don't, they're not super open to change. So um, I think it's moving in the right direction. <laughs> but I think young people are definitely the, the wave that it's all kind of coming in on. Now, if you, what's your... Um I'm not going to say favorite food, but what's kind of like the one thing that is brings you, like when we're talking about comfort food, what's the one thing that brings you the most comfort to make um, that maybe for you, for the whole family, but especially for you? Well, I do love a good pan of enchiladas. That was a recipe that I posted just a little while ago, um, and that is just really a huge comfort food for me. But then again, you know, I grew up in a meat and potatoes family, so, you know, a nice piece of meat and some really, like, great vegetables on the side you know my kids are growing up in a different way than the way I grew up and I make a lot of international food so for them it's just totally normal to have you know stir fry one night and Mexican food the next night and you know something different every night of the week and I think it's harder for them to pick a favorite because I'm constantly making something new whereas my mom kind of made the same foods every week you know we had meatloaf on Tuesdays and this on Wednesdays and spaghetti and things like that but yeah i do just love digging into a nice big plate of mexican food <laughs> now i'm hungry <laughs> so the um the teaching part so you do the do you it, it seems like you're kind of following in the footpath of your mom right so you have the teaching you have I mean, she didn't have instagram but do you know what i mean it, it's you've kind of fallen did, did you always think that was going to be 
where you were headed or were you always? No, absolutely not. I, I started doing the teaching because a lot of people did ask me. They just said, you know, hey, I look at the recipe and it looks great and all, but I don't really know how to make this kind of food. I mean, my, my local Swiss friends, you know, they just said, look, it's a little bit out of my comfort zone and it would be nicer if you could show me. And um, so then I said, well, I'll do a you know couple of courses. And then that way people who feel maybe slightly uncomfortable with the ingredients can come and have a look. And I just base it off the fact that I see a lot of women giving Thai cooking courses, giving um, other kinds of international food cooking courses that I would take because I don't feel 100% confident in maybe making Chinese dumplings. And so if a Chinese lady was giving a Chinese dumpling course, I would be happy to take it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just... Um, you know, based it off the same concept of that. If you don't know the food that well and you're not so confident with, you know, making guacamole or, or making even tortillas or, you know, things that um, for me is just not, you know, second nature second at nature, this point, yeah. um, then I'd be happy to, to show you. <laughs> I mean, I would, wouldn't even know where to start to make tortillas, so maybe I need to take a lesson. There you go. <laughs> So you, you make everything from scratch then when you make those enchiladas? I do. I make everything from scratch. Um, I do. It depends on how much time I have with things like tortillas. I'll go down to the Mexican shop in Zurich and buy a bunch sure. and either freeze them you know, or make a things and then freeze it after it's made. But um, when I do have the time, I it, it, it's not a difficult procedure. It's just a bit time consuming in the sense that you don't want to make just a few. You know, you want to make 50 because if you're going to make them, make a bunch. Yeah. But, um, but I do try to make as much as I can from scratch just because I enjoy the flavor and I enjoy the process, mm-hmm. not because I'm trying to <laughs> prove anything. <laughs> <laughs> they sound delicious though. I need a, I need a lesson. Yeah, they are sure. very good. We'll what, have to come to Basel. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have a, um, do you have a goal or a vision about where you want to kind of take this? You said it's been doing about three years. Um, is there that you would like to share at least uh, a goal or a vision you kind of see see moving I forward? I feel like my goal is kind of a little bit constantly shifting. Mm-hmm. At some point, I just wanted to focus 100% on Swiss culture. And now I'm moving a little bit towards my own culture because I feel like there's a lot of Swiss people who can cover Swiss culture. And there's not a lot of people like me who can talk about my background. So I am moving a little bit more towards focusing on bringing my culture to Switzerland and adapting it to the Swiss way of life and the Swiss ingredients so that I can just make a place for myself and be authentic here. Do you, I mean, you, before you got here, uh, you've kind of been all over the United States, right? From, from Texas to Boston to LA, you kind of covered it all, right? Um, except Ohio, but the that's coast. okay. I stayed on the coast. Yeah, you stayed. <laughs> Not the flyover countries like a, or states like Ohio. Um, but you have the Tex-Mex influence, but were you, do you pull anything from, like, Boston, like clam chowder, or anything from L.A., like, a, like some Korean food or things like that? Or is there any... Yeah, I just made, I just posted yesterday a recipe for Baja-style fish tacos on my website that are super easy to make on the grill. And um, I do that there's a California food aesthetic which is very light and it's mm-hmm. very healthy and very fresh and I miss that a lot and it's coming slowly here to Switzerland but very slowly and I just miss big fresh salads big you know fresh produce and everything you know front and center on a plate and um, 
So I do enjoy that quite a lot, and I'm going to be focusing more on fresh and healthy ingredients, not just the heavy Tex-Mex, but also the sort of California style. Yeah, it's so good. I They were just, her family, Susie's family, was just in the California for, what, three weeks mm. over the summer? We, and, we oh. ate so much good food. It was amazing. It's really and, nice there. And there's, like, there's this place in San Diego that I love called uh, Mitch's Seafood, which, like, you literally, it's it's at a dock where all the fishermen are and you go and it's just the freshest seafood I've ever had like no and just that's the other thing you kind of don't really get here you know like that freshness of the seafood where it was like swimming that morning and that sure. at lunchtime it's you're eating being it in a landlocked I was going to say problem yeah. being in a landlocked country yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so so more California nothing from New England area well you know um, my husband is from Connecticut so he is more the New England sort of type and um yeah you know I didn't grow up with things like clam chowder I mean I would eat it at a restaurant sure mm-hmm. you know but I'm not a huge seafood lover I, I I eat it I just not like always front and center so I do I do try with my kids to make more fish dishes to make more things with you know uh, shellfish and things like that just so they can experience the taste which I didn't have growing up but I don't know about the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got enough to work with. Yankee pot roast or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yankee pot roast. That's what it's called. Yeah, wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's an Australian pot roast. I don't think so. No, probably not. Or casseroles. Do you guys have casseroles? Yeah, we've got casseroles. As a southerner, I, you know, I'm sort of, oh, Yankee food. Doesn't taste good. <laughs> Leave that one behind. <laughs> well, um, how do people find you? What are, what are some places they can... Um, you know how do they how do they find what you're doing well i would definitely um say facebook and instagram are where i'm most active and um check in on my blog on facebook i'm swiss eats and on instagram and on my blog all swiss eats okay and that's the best place i've got the lone star kitchen thing going too but it's uh ramping up slowly okay so and that's swiss the one eats, where you teach the tex-mex courses that's the tex-mex cooking yeah okay and there was that, is there any other, like, big events coming up um, that, that you know off the top of your head? He's hungry. Um, yeah. Oh, can we go, can you cook me some enchiladas well, here? Well, the summer, you know, the summer they had the um, Zurich Street Food Fest and all these things, and that was really lovely. And I'm sure in the fall there will be more things coming. Right now we've got um, a couple of craft beer festivals that I'm really looking forward to, and those okay. tend to always have some good food trucks there as well here in Zurich. They've got a couple of craft um, beer festivals coming and I don't know if you both like beer we in my family were beer drinkers and so yeah. we really liked the independent craft beers that's also a, a trend in Switzerland that's really taking off we is the interviewed craft beers. Um, Fabian Erringer I yeah. believe he's pronounced his name Kitchen Brew have you heard of Kitchen Brew no uh, yeah he's based in Basel and uh, he has a he has a big line of, of home brew well not home brews but uh, micro brews that are fantastic yeah inspired yeah. by U.S. craft. Yeah, really? that's really yeah. great. And he's um he's all throughout Switzerland, so yeah. I'd I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. I know that there's um uh, a Michigan guy who's making beer here in Switzerland. He's called Barfus Brauerei, and uh, he's making American style beers here in Switzerland. Really? And so yeah, and they're really delicious, and they've got great names like Snooney and <laughs> you know really really cool stuff, um, stouts yeah. and things like that. And so we love to go around and try see what everyone's up to in not just food but in beer and other places as well. Well, 
Craft Brew is huge in Michigan, but as, as an Ohio man, I don't, I don't know if I could have someone from Michigan on the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Is that a rival? It's a big rival. Yeah, you might have to do that interview. I don't follow sports. That's okay. <laughs> um, Stacy, thank you so much for coming down. Thank you so much um, for having me. I really as I said, you your Instagram page is it's my favorite. I love it. Thank you. That's it's, so kind. It's awesome. So check out her stuff and uh, and thanks thanks again for coming on. I I need to go eat. Yeah, let's go. Okay, <laughs> let's eat. Yodley. Thank you, Stacy. That was really good, and we appreciate you coming on. Don't forget, if you want to check her out, go to SwissEats.ch. You can also catch her on Facebook uh, at the same name. So check her out. Yeah. So what's going on? What else is going on? What is going on? Um, with me? Um, nothing. nothing. I'm extremely boring. How about you? Uh, I've just been doing a lot of Ryan swims. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Goes did, without saying. I did two of those uh, this week and fried my back, which was uh, <laughs> stupid. I, okay. Slip, slop, and slap. Yeah. I don't know what's that. That means put sun cream on. Yeah. I didn't, and it, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. Um, but making the transition from Ryan swims to driving, so <laughs> we don't drive that much because you don't have to. It's fantastic. You do have a big car, though. No, I don't. Yeah, your car's huge. It's fine. I had bigger cars when we were back in the States, right? We had these. I had an SUV, as an American does, right? This is just what you do. You have an right. SUV. I remember we were here for six months, and then we went back, and we were leaving the airport, and the SUVs were massive. I was like, oh, my God, I drove one of those things. They're huge. You mean like what what Americans call a truck? Is that what you mean? Is that an SUV? It's kind of like a truck, but, like, it doesn't have, like, the bed, like, the thing in the back where... Right, okay. So that's, like, a whole different thing. A truck is a whole different thing. A truck's a truck. Well, to me, a truck is, like... You know, eight wheels, but oh, I thought that know. was a lorry. Oh, that's a that's a girl's name. Isn't that what they call them in a the lorry? UK? Yeah, not a lorry. <laughs> Grumpy Susie. Yeah. You need a car. <laughs> I, need, I need a coffee. <laughs> um, but anyway, you just it's it, I see SUVs here and there. But you just, it's not practical to drive because the parking spots are also very smug. Yeah, there's a lot of small cars here. But the Swiss government currently is looking at widening the streets to make new vehicles like SUVs. Apparently, they're growing in popularity here. So SUVs make up a third of all new vehicles on the road in 2016. And in Basel-Land, okay, in 2015, they decided all new streets need to be wider to accommodate these bigger cars. So you're turning into a mini America. Right. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, we're the, the little... The, are you talking residential streets? Those streets are cute. They're quaint. Don't make them bigger. Got to get them bigger to fit these cars, man. Yeah. Remember when you were in the States, you guys were driving around, how big the parking spots were. Weren't yes, they huge? they're huge. You could park two cars into one yeah. parking spot. Yeah. They are tiny here, to be fair. They are uncomfortably small here. But, I mean, it could be, like, driver error as opposed to um, the the cars because I hit the gutter even though I drive a small car. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised I'm by that. I'm incapable of, like, not hitting the gutter when I'm parking in a blue spot. 
not surprised by that at all. So me driving SUVs not gonna and having a bigger road is not gonna help me. So I absolutely loved my car when I my SUV when I had it, but living here, I realized maybe that was a bit excessive. Maybe you don't need the SUV. No we had one an SUV needs an SUV. And we had a minivan. Those were our two cars. Oh my gosh, you had a minivan and an SUV. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a bit. That's a bit much. The minivan was. I, okay. The, the minivan hopefully my is wife obviously practical. Hopefully my wife isn't listening, but the minivan with the two little kids was very practical. Yeah. I. I hated driving it. I hated the. I hated the idea of me needing the minivan right oh you're such a snob it's no it's not it's such a like it's just such a like you have to like be like admitting the fact that you're just a dorky dad well i mean you don't need to drive a minivan for that to be true don i'm afraid (laughs) i know but everything again i just don't want to be a dorky dad but all right well you don't have a minivan now well, they're making the roads bigger, but in Bern, they're making the roads smaller and giving you less places to park because they've got a new experiment where they're taking um, parking spots and turning them into public meeting spots. So apparently this is a, a concept that was pioneered in San Francisco eight whole years ago, and the goal is to um, reimagine the city streets, you know, encourage non-motorized transport, and make it safer for pedestrians and foster neighborhood interaction, which, you know, is a good idea. And if you go to one of these spots, they, they've made them taken a car parking spot and turned it into somewhere to sit. Yeah, I like the idea. It, but it's this weird. So it seems like there's this like battle here between people who want to really restrict cars and the usage of cars, right? Yeah. Like by doing things like this in Bern. Where in Barcelona they're saying, let's, let's wide the, the streets, yeah. you know? Yeah, everyone's in big cars. So let's <laughs> let's accommodate them. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, a, it's kind of But to be weird. fair, you don't necessarily need a car in Switzerland, which is one of the things I love about it. Yeah, I mean, that I think that's probably why so many people push against the idea of doing things like widening streets and, and making making it more accessible because people really feel strongly that you can get around on foot on bike public transport on yeah public transport. like yeah. we got here to zurich just on the train just hopped on the train and an hour later we're in zurich what a privileged life we and lead. it was wasn't that expensive <laughs> except for me <laughs> little fun fact when you're buying on the app make sure you um if you do have the half card which is a yearly fee of like 150 bucks and then all the tickets are half price it's great thing right yeah if, all you have to do is add it onto the app and then it's it. automatic yeah so for my one-way ticket was as much as your two-way ticket actually you trip. paid one franc more for your one-way ticket than i paid for my return so there you go I'm not good at that <laughs> you're not good at eight o'clock in the morning no but yeah so this um these things in burn are really cool I w- it would be fun to like it's just it's on the side of the street. Everybody's I mean, hanging out, having a cocktail. It looks nice what they've done. They've taken you know some some wooden furniture and they've made it into seats, uh, tables. It's got a nice umbrella. The only thing I would say is that in the area that I live, uh, in the residential area, there are some of these on the road um, already. They're not quite as extravagant. They're more just like concrete benches where you can. Oh yeah, sit. I've seen those. 
um, often with some flowers nearby, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, like safe away from cars but still on the road. Um, however, I've never seen anyone sit on them. I have, however, heard at 1 o'clock in the morning teenagers coming mm. home and, and using them to, to say goodbye to their friends, like to hang around. Um, but, you know, other than that, I, I mean, I don't walk past and see two old ladies having a catch-up on the bench, you know, in the little residential street. So no, I'm not no. sure, you know, how but sustainable, like a... a no, a, these might work better, like, in city, like in downtown areas. In actual yeah. cities, yeah. I think that's probably a little bit more what they're aiming for because driving in a in a city in Switzerland, like in a downtown area, is a nightmare. Yeah, I think if you are a business and you got lucky enough to have one of these put outside your business, that would be great. Yeah, Imagine, for sure. like, if you're a coffee shop and all of a sudden there's free seating for everyone. That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. It is awesome. Well, speaking of coffee, I think I need to get another one, um, and we need to go explore some Zurich some more. Yeah, let's go. Everyone here is having lunch, so maybe uh, that's what we need to do. Yeah, it's it's early and they're 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 getting after it, man. It's important. Got to get your sustenance from somewhere. <laughs> Speaking of some that, you have, need some people have jobs to go back to. Yes, that's what they're getting their lunch. They got to go back to work. These these are busy people. Yeah, <laughs> like you and me are just screwing off in a day. Yeah, Zurich. You know, okay. Yep, exactly. All right, let's go shopping. I mean, yeah. Um, but anyway, thanks again to Su- uh, Stacy and Susie. Thank yeah, you, Susie. <laughs> Thank Susie you, Stacy. Uh, for coming on um, and uh, please hit us up on on Facebook uh, Instagram uh, SwissPats.com download us on Apple Podcasts leave a comment uh, and let us know uh, what's going on we'd love to love to have you on or just just chat with you so uh, for Susie I'm Don and we'll talk to you next week see ya yummy <laughs>